Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. How's everybody doing? We awake, we alive. Welcome to church. We're so glad that you're with us today. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Keith, and I am the pastor here for a new life in our Lubbock campus. And um, many of you may not know this, we also have a campus in Midland, Texas, where uh, this was kind of birthed. Our senior pastors, Brayden and Leanne, they are having a blast. They've been on sabbatical over the last five to six weeks, and uh, the Lord is just really blessing them. First sabbatical they've ever taken in 17 years of ministry. So uh, we told them to take advantage and uh, just really hearing great things about them. Uh, but we're just super excited that you're here today, that you're here with us and get to share this message. I want to do something special before we get to that, though. And uh, with this weekend kind of being Veterans Day weekend, I want to just honor all of our veterans. So if you're a veteran in this church, would you stand up? Anybody in here today? Awesome, yeah. Stay standing, please. Stay standing. Hey, if you're close by them, would you just come and put a hand on them if you just don't mind standing? We want to pray for you today and just bless you and bless your families and um, just come as the church and just, uh, yeah, just, just surround you. So, Lord, we lift up these men and women. We thank you, God, for the sacrifice that they've made. We thank you uh, that they decided to serve this country and serve people and put people above themselves. And so, Lord, I ask you that you would bless them like like the way that you blessed Abraham, that you would bless them, that they would be uh, the father and mothers of many nations, that they would be blessed and favored, highly favored by you. God, be with their kids, their parents, all their family members. Lord, I thank you that you prosper everything that you put, they put their hand to, God. I thank you for your protection on them and their families. And God, you said that no greater love than this than to lay down one's life for another. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bless them for that. And we love them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, give them one more big hand clap this morning. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Awesome. If you have your Bible, open up to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. We're going to be in verses 19 through 20. And then uh, we're going to flip on over or as many of you are doing, click on over to Acts chapter 17, and uh, we'll read two scriptures this morning and then kind of get into what what we're going to talk about today. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, here Moses is talking to the people of Israel. They've just gotten done hanging in the wilderness for 40 years. They're about to cross over into the promised land, and he says this, this day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life Come on, say life and death. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. That's some good advice right there. Love the Lord your God, listen to his voice and hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life. I love that. For the Lord is your life. And he will give you many years in the land he swore to give to your fathers. Acts chapter 17, we skip over into the New Testament. We find um, actually Luke was the one who penned and wrote and was the author of, of, of the Acts of the Apostles. But 
Here we find a quote by Paul. He was ministering to a group of people about the Lord, and here's what he said in Acts 17, verse 28. He says, for in him, talking of Jesus, talking of God, he said, for in him we live and move and exist. In him we live and move and exist. As some of your own prophets or poets have said, we are his offspring. So today I want to title the message, How to Come Alive. How to Come Alive. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we welcome you into this portion of our service. I ask you to come and to lead us. Holy Spirit, come and lead us. Guide us. We actually put great value today, God, in your word. We hold this word as a high standard, as the standard in our life. We ask you to teach us today. Lord, just teach us. We're open hearts and vessels to learn from you today. Yeah, Holy Spirit, I invite you into this room. I thank you for being here today. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 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 How to come alive. How to come alive. I I proposed this question to you last week, and um, I want to ask you the same question again today. Are you alive on the inside? really want you to take some moments today and, and, and turn inward and ask yourself that question. Am I alive on the inside? Do you, do you sense that there's some life resting in here? I'm talking about more than just in your flesh, more than just in your soul, more than just in your spirit. I'm actually talking about your whole being today. Would you consider yourself someone who is alive? Alive, that there's actually some life on the inside of you. I'll give you some more words. Do you, are you living with some passion? Is there a little pep in your step? Do you got a little fire? Is there anything on the inside that says, man, I'm, I'm alive? Can you, can you look on the inside and find some happiness? Can you look on the inside and find some joy? Can you look on the inside and find some hope or some faith that something great is about to happen? Like, are we, are we alive on the inside? You know, the reason I ask you this question today is because personally I've experienced this myself and I've seen it in other people. And that's simply this. Many of us are living, but we're not alive. Many believers, not just people, I mean believers, many of us are living, but the question is, are we really alive? Life has this funny thing that it does. It seems to suck the life out of you. Anybody ever noticed that before? It's like you, you, you go on and you're doing all these things. We get busy, we... We have people to take care of. We're, we're responsible for things. <clears throat> There's a lot on our plates. And if we are not careful, we will, we will go through life existing instead of living. We'll go through life existing instead of being alive. You can tell a difference between someone who is alive and who's living. When you get around someone who's alive, their aliveness gets on you. When you get around someone who is alive, you know what a lot of times it will do? It will wake up the dead in you. 
It will shake the inside of you. And you'll say something to the effect of, man, I want that. I wish I had that. <clears throat> you know, what, I'm, what I, I want to say to you today is that God came and he created you. Jesus died and gave his life up for you so that you would actually live alive. God created us to be alive. We're meant to be alive. We're not just meant to be alive. We're meant to carry life. God created us for so much more than just to exist and just to go through life and just to get to our favorite TV show at night and then do it all over again. There's more. He created us to make a difference. He created us to bring the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of this earth. He created us to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Let me just say this. If you're going around laying hands on the sick and watching them recover, you're alive. He created us to enjoy the body of Christ, to enjoy the life that we live. He created us, oh my gosh, I'm about to say it. He created us to walk around happy. Not weighed down so heavy all the time, not bearing the burdens of this world, not living in anxiety, in worry, in fear, which I might add is one of the greatest thieves of, of being alive on the inside. But he actually created us to just kind of like, Today, I'm wanting you to, to, to grab a hold of life more than I'm even wanting you to learn today. Grab a hold of the one who is, who is life. I, uh, have you ever, do you know someone, are you friends with someone who's the life of the party? Well, let's just do this. If you're the life of the party, come on, you know you are. Raise your hand, let me see you. I see you out there. Yeah, my people, I knew it was, I knew for sure you. <clears throat> There's just people out there who are the life of the party and they walk into the room and everything goes up 40 notches, it's even if we don't want it to, even if we're not ready for it. Something about being the life of the party, it's just like they, those kind of people, they walk in the room and the energy goes up, the life goes up. Sometimes the, the, uh, <laughs> the frustration goes up, the annoyance goes up. It's just like, man, I was wanting a peaceful night and why did you have to come and mess it up? There's just certain people God's created to just kind of be the life of the party. And I find it really interesting. We all know someone, all of us in this room, we know someone who's the life of the party. His name's Jesus. When you begin to look at the life of Jesus, you see someone who was the life of the party. If you need scriptural proof, first miracle, water, wine, party, He really was. We have a lot of words that we would use to describe Jesus. Powerful, loving, kind, gracious, miracle worker. I think one of the overarching themes that you can actually describe Jesus as is he was someone who brought life. He brought life wherever he went. There was not a city that he walked into that people didn't know he was there. Think about it. Jesus went around making all kinds of people mad all the time. He'd walk in and he would walk into the town and you know what he would do? <clears throat> he would drive the religious people crazy. He'd drive them crazy. Another side note, one thing I might add, there's nothing more that can yank the life out of you than religion. 
there is no life in religion. He'd go around and he would just, he'd just wake people up. He flipped over tables. He called Peter Satan. He constantly would light his disciples up. Where's your faith? Where's your faith, guys? We've been walking, doing this forever. He would, he would I, think, I think one day he was like, you know what, I'm gonna spice it up a little bit. Let's try walking on water, see what people do. He was life wherever he went. He saved the woman caught in adultery, saved her life. In moments would pour out such compassion and such love for people that it would literally just change the whole atmosphere. He was life going somewhere to happen. John 10.10 says this about Jesus. It says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you what? And not just, not just life, abundant life. I came to give you life and life more abundant. And, and the point that I'm trying to make to you today is something that we all know. Jesus is the one we're supposed to look like. Jesus is the one we're supposed to follow. Jesus is the one we're called to imitate and to look like in this world. So, if you, so, so what's the equation? If Jesus equals life, then we should equal life. If everywhere he went, he just turned the lights on and he lit fire under people's butts, we got to do the same thing. That we bring life to whatever circumstance and situation that we find ourselves in. He was a life bringer, <clears throat> a life creator. You know, I believe this is what Paul, Paul was actually teaching us this very thing in Acts chapter 17. I want to read it to you again. It says, for in him, speaking of Jesus, in him we live and move and exist. When you, when you go back and you actually look at the context and you look at the, the group of people Jesus, or I'm sorry, Paul was talking to, um, he found himself in Athens when he said this. And in Athens, there were, a, there were a, a tons of philosophers, tons of different people, and they would just gather and they would just talk about stuff. They would just get, gather together and philosophize. And, and, and they were trying to find truth and meaning to life. And, and specifically in this context, he was talking to two types of people. One were known as the Stoics, and another, I'm going to try and pronounce this right, I think you say it's Epicureans. And let me just kind of give you the ph philosophy of each of these people. The Epicureans, they believed that the goal of life was pleasure. This is what they taught. The goal of life is pleasure. And they defined that as the absence of physical pain and emotional disturbance. Their whole philosophy about life and being alive and experiencing life was let's, let's do everything we can do to avoid physical pain and avoid emotional pain. Any weighty things, any physical things like, no, no, life is all about pleasure. That was, what, that was the conclusion they came to. And then you had the Stoics. And they, they believed everything centered around and, we, and life was brought by reason and logic. Everything was about reason and logic. 
That is where they, they tried to find life. In fact, they, they, um, one of the big things they, they believed in was just human virtue, just doing the right thing and morally being right. That was what brought life. And I want you to, here's what I want you to picture. Here are all these people, and they're trying to, trying to figure out the meaning of life, how to live life. And Paul, uh, Paul shows up to the scene. They're, these guys are worshiping all kinds of gods. I don't know if you remember the story. He walks over to the, to the god called the unknown god. And he said, hey, that's my God. Y'all don't know it, but you've been, this, this God you worship, it's the only God. He's, and he came and he said, I know you're trying to figure out life. I know you're trying to figure out how to live and what it's all about. Hear me today, it's in him that we live. It's in Jesus that we find life. It's in Jesus that we move. It's in Jesus that we exist. In other words, everything that we do, it actually is in the life giver. Reason can only get you so far. Pleasure can only get you so far. But real life, oh, real life is Jesus. <clears throat> Today, I, I want to give, give you four ways that we can come alive. Because Moses taught us, he said, I've given you the choice, life or death, blessings or cursing. And then he said, but you got to choose it. You have to choose life. Here's the really good news to you today. This life that I'm talking about to you is readily available at any moment. It's not something that you have to mature into. It's available the moment you accept Jesus. You just have to lean into it. You just have to receive the very thing that he bought and paid for. But this is going to sound like a really simple statement, but it's true. In order for you to come alive on the inside, you have to choose things that bring life. In order for you to come alive, you have to choose things that actually bring life. The things that God's created, the, the, the principles of Jesus, Jesus himself. And when we begin to choose him and we begin to choose the things of God and the things of him, guess what? All of a sudden on the inside, we come alive. We come alive. You need to know this before we move any further today. There's a lot of things that steal life. And I, and I, I hate to be the preacher that bashes social media all the time, but I think I'm just becoming that guy. It is. It is, let me just say this, it's not the devil. Facebook is not the devil. Instagram, not the devil. But what I have noticed personally is that it robs you of life. What's worse is that it gives you a false sense of being alive. This is actually, it actually is a bigger thing than I probably want to admit. I've, I've, I've shared this stat with you before this is scientific fact. The longer you spend on Facebook, the more depressed you get. In other words, the longer you spend on social media, the more life gets sucked out of you. And the bad part is, is we just keep going back for more. I'm just, I'm sharing my own testimony today. There's a part that we, that, that is, that is, is fun invaluable and, and whatever else. There's nothing wrong with a lot of it, but it gets to a point 
on that endless scroll and that endless look. We're looking for that hit. We're looking for that satisfaction. And we just get more drained and more drained and more drained. And then we finally put it down and be like, gosh, I feel horrible. And then we just do it five minutes later again. That's the truth, isn't it? Shake your head at me because I know I'm not just my, this is me. I know it's you too. It really is something we need to be aware of. It, it, it steals life. Just the other day, I, I was out, um, the other night we were outside and, and um, my middle child, Stratton, he's six and he had this toy that lit up. It's kind of like a helicopter and you can kind of slingshot it into the air and then it just comes down. And I'm like, he's, he's a lot like me because when I was a kid, actually, I still this way, I love things like that. Like, you give me one of those, I'm going to be out there for 20 minutes playing with it, right? And he just was, was out there. And I remember I had my phone on me, and I just put it down. And I was just watching him play in the backyard and just have fun. And the Lord was even talking to me through it. And, and it was like he showed me, he's like, if you, would, if you were on your phone right now, you'd be missing this moment. How many, I wonder how many moments we miss that are actually life, that would bring life. There's so much more. God, <clears throat> hear me today. It includes this, but it exists outside of this. Life is in the word of God, but it also exists outside of the word. Finding life in God is not just in praise and worship music and the word of God. I know that's popular belief here in the panhandle. Bunch of church people. No, no, no. You can't, well, there's not a lot of places outside here that you can find life, but there's places you can go, like the mountains and where there's trees and water. And there's, God is in that stuff. Life is all around us. <clears throat> so number one, the, the, first, the first one that when it, when it comes to four ways to come alive, it's the one I've really been preaching to you all about already this morning, is you have to choose the one who is life. If you want to come alive on the inside, you have to choose the one who is life. And specifically what I'm talking to you about is I'm talking to you about living a life led by the Holy Spirit. Listen closely today. <clears throat> there is nothing more satisfying, fun, and that will make you come alive more than living a life led by the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's crazy sometimes. He will make you do stuff you don't want to do. Those who are laughing do it all the time. <laughs> he, 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 he wakes us up on the inside. You're trying to get through the grocery store and he says, stop and pray for that person. And he's wanting to bring life to you. And he's wanting to bring life to that person. Being led by the Holy Spirit, it's just, it's, it's, it's being used by him. And there's nothing more satis there's nothing more that meets the, the satisfaction and fulfillment of our soul than when we hear God and, and we know we heard him. When we hear his voice and we follow it and we see the fruit, or if he just comes and confirms the fact, like, like what Natalie did to you today, that he is with you. The Lord is with you. Choosing the one who is life is living a life led by the Holy Spirit. It's living a life where you use your spiritual gifts. It's living a life where you risk it. You follow his prompting. 
I don't think there's anything more that can help you come alive than that. So number one, you want to come alive? Choose the one who's life. Choose the one who is life. Number two, and this is a really, um, this is a really good one. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. I think I appreciate that. It's a really good one. Choose thoughts that bring life. If you want to come alive, you have to choose thoughts that bring life. Hear me today. It's impossible to be alive on the inside if your thoughts about you, your future, your kids are full of doubt, fear, and unbelief. We have to, we have to be thinking what he thinks about us. We have to be choosing thoughts. You know, I, where I see this scripture that I read to you this morning coming to life in, in present day, when it's, when it's talking about choosing life or death, blessings or curses, you know where that happens at? It happens in our mind. We are, every day you wake up, you will, you, will be, you will be faced with, do I choose life or do I choose death? And it may not feel that serious, but it's just true. One, each choice, one will bring life and one won't. We have to live a life where we're actually, we're actually choosing life, which means this. If I wake up and I'm worried about my kids, I've got to choose a thought that says my kids are covered and sheltered by the Most High God. And I choose life, and all of a sudden, life comes into my spirit, life comes into my soul. Come on, am I preaching to anybody today? And we choose life. When I have the thought, man, I messed up, so I'm a mess up. You don't sit over there and think about how many mistakes you made, all the shame and guilt that you're feeling. No, no, you got to stop that thought and you got to choose a life-filled thought. And here's your life-filled thought. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It don't matter what I've said or what I've done. When it comes to my identity, it is done. It is settled. It is set. I'm victorious and I'm a child of God. I'm a son. I'm a daughter. He will move in my life and move on my life in, in, in many, many areas despite how messed up I am. Jesus came and died for broken people. Settle it. You're broken. You need a savior. And you have him. I got to get on my soapbox for just one moment. People used to bring this scripture up to me all the time. Well, you know, you know, man, you know, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I want to go, yeah, did you read the next verse? I can't remember what it says, but it says something good. <laughs> it says something to the effect of, yet we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yet we all have fallen short of the glory of God and of the glorious standard. Yet he has made us righteous. You're stopping your, your theology in the middle of a sentence. Our identity is not the fact that we are sinners. Our identity is the fact that we're sons and daughters. We're saints. We're the beloved of God. We're his masterpiece. We're a royal priesthood. We got it going on is what I'm saying. And we have to choose those thoughts. This is why I said earlier, anxiety and worry and fear, shame and guilt, they are the, one of the greatest thieves to you living alive. Many believers walk around in anxiety and fear, and they're not alive. It'll rob you. 
Colossians 3, 1 through 4 says this, If then you've been raised with Christ, seek things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Notice verse 2. Set your mind on things that are above, not the things of earth. For you have died, and notice what he, so he starts talking about life, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you'll also appear with him in glory. We gotta set our mind. Choose thoughts that bring life. Number three, this is the one I've been waiting to preach, all right? Because <clears throat> this is the one thought that actually brought about this series. If you wanna come alive, you have to choose activities that bring life. And all the golfers said amen. <laughs> In order for you to be alive on the inside, you actually have to learn to choose activities dare I say hobbies, that actually bring life. We all have things we have to do. My question is, how many of you are doing things you want to do? We all got stuff we have to do. Every one of us in this room. We have, but but, but what, about, what about the things that you want to do? Some of you don't even know what you want to do. Life is so, so just taken so much from you that you've actually forgotten, you don't even know how to spell the word fun. You've forgotten what's fun to you. You've forgotten what you want to do. And I'm here to tell you that God wants joy to come and be restored back in your life. He wants you to find things that bring life to you. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll just tell you this, people need you to be alive. And you know who needs you to be alive the most? your spouse, and your kids. I want to talk to the parents in here today because, because what I find is that, you know, we, we, this is life. We find the one that, we're, that we want to marry. We get married. We get all happy. We start doing things that make kids, and finally we start making kids, and then all these kids, we just we start having a bunch of kids, and before we know it, we're just running around like a chicken with our head cut off, as my dad would say, and we're just trying to make ends meet, get everyone where they need to go, feed everybody, just keep everyone alive. And, and, and we, we hadn't done something fun in who knows when. I need you to hear me today. Um, as parents, <clears throat> as parents, your life is not just about your kids. Ooh, got real quiet when I said that. <clears throat> your life is not just about your kids. You matter too. And just give yourself right now, give yourself five minutes to be selfish. I'm using that word because that's how you would describe it. Life is more than just about your kids. Your kids will be fine. I don't have to preach a message about pouring your life out for your kids. It will never be taught here because you naturally do it. Actually, most of the time, we naturally overdo it. Did you know that sometimes it's, it's okay to not go to their game and go on a date? Send the grandparents to watch them bat three times and miss the ball. It's fine. You won't miss anything. <laughs> I wasn't talking about you, son. I promise. 
Send a friend. And you go out and have fun. You go out and do something that brings you life. And it doesn't have to be something crazy. It doesn't have to be something expensive. It, it just has to be something that, you know, is just, what, what do you consider fun? I told Natalie yesterday, she was talking to me and she's like, I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm just, help me, fix me. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do what the Lord told you to do last week. Go out and shoot baskets. Remember, if you were here last week, I shared the vision of her rolling the basketball across the table to her. I was like, she's like, well, what do I do? I was like, I know exactly what you do. Go pick up a basketball and go shoot. I walked out there. <laughs> I walked out there. She was having a moment with God. But in the moment that she was having with God, she's like, I'm a really good shooter. I'm like, you really are. <laughs> You're actually a baller. <clears throat> like, that costs no money. And I got permission from, from my wife to, to, uh, to talk to another group of people today. And I wanna talk to you moms for just a moment. Here's my disclaimer, not sure if, if you realize this, I'm not one. So I'll just put that out there. <clears throat> but I wanna talk to you. I actually would like to minister to you today. <clears throat> In my personal experiences and talking to my own wife, talking to some of the ladies on our staff. I would consider you the group of people that struggle with what I'm saying on this point the most. Guys are really good at hobbies. It's like a talent that we have. <laughs> Moms, not so much. I began to have this conversation with my staff, with my wife, and I would say things like, you need to choose an activity that, that makes you come alive. And they're like, well, and, and the response that I usually get is, you know, well, that's, that sounds great. I actually believe what you're saying. It's just not possible. I have, you know, I have the house to take care of. I have all the kids to take care of. I got to take care of your butt. You know, it's like, I just, I got, the, I got everybody to take care of. I don't have time to do anything that's fun. I actually can't. And I just, I want, I want to ask you today. I want to encourage you. I want you to take that before the Lord and ask him if that's true. I have a feeling I know what he'd say. It's not true. It's not true. You can choose something that brings you life. And I'm gonna help you out this morning. Husbands, this is just as much on you as it is them. I want you to go home today and I want you to have a conversation with your wife and I want you to pull life out of her. Pull it out of her. And ask her, what brings you life? What would bring you life? She may say Hawaii for 30 days. I don't know what she's gonna say. You're like, all right, now rein it in a little bit, babe. Rein it in. But I want you to go and ask her, what, what would bring you life? And what I want you to do is take those kids and watch them yourself, by yourself, and kick her out of the house. We got one who's in agreement with me today. <laughs> Take those kids. <clears throat> Here's what she's gonna say to you, I don't know what brings me life. So I'm gonna encourage you husbands, 
you have to ask another question and probably another question. And what's great about it is you're gonna be talking to your wife for once and she's gonna love that. Oh my gosh, I just saw a wife just stare her husband down just now. <laughs> talking to you, bro. <clears throat> oh. This is one of the things as husbands. It's just, it's just true. In mo not all, but in the majority of relationships, the man is going to carry this better than the woman. So give it away. Minister that to your wife. You know, some, some things that they want, they just, they, they, don't, they just wanna just get in the car and drive and they'll just find themselves somewhere. They just don't wanna take care of anything. Just no responsibility, just give me no responsibility for two hours. All right, you got it. And, and, and here's what I would say to you, to, you, to you moms and wives out there. I, I can speak, now I can speak for, <laughs> for a people group, because I am one. Talking of you, of your husbands, they would love nothing more than a wife who is alive. Husbands, amen. We, we actually want you to be alive. Here's, no, here's another thing you're gonna have to do. You can't complain about keeping the kids. If they leave, I'm preaching, I'm telling my testimony. If they leave the house feeling guilty, it won't work. You, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying fake it. Oh, babe, go have a great time. We're going to be fine here. And when she leaves, go, oh, God, help me. <laughs> but just fake it. When, before, don't let her see that it really bothers you. Just, no, no, we're going to be great. We're going to be fine. It's easy, guys. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, just don't tell her. I want to give you some activities that give life. You ready? You wanna write these down. Here's some activities that give life. Rest. Good and sufficient sleep. Getting your nails did. The outdoors. Going for a drive. Going for a walk. Game night with friends sitting around a campfire, a great meal, hobbies like golf, tennis, working out, playing an instrument, cooking. You can find God in all of those. Watching football, amen. Oh, we got fist pumps and everything. I appreciate that. <clears throat> Choose activities that bring life. And then last, my last point today, <clears throat> not, gonna, not gonna really hit on it very much. Choose people who give life. You wanna come alive? Do these four things. Choose the one who's life. Choose thoughts that bring life. Choose activities that bring life. And choose people that bring life. And you will come alive. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.